The Graduate Center of the City University of New York presents Academically Speaking, an audio mini-series about the dissertation process, from planning and writing all the way to the defense, as told by Graduate Center students and faculty. This episode, we're joined by Yet Funk and her advisor, Lorraine Obler. My name is Jet Funk. I'm an international student from the Netherlands. I'm doing my PhD here at the Graduate Center in the Speech-Language Hearing Sciences program. Um, my research is on language and dementia, and specifically um, what parts of the brain are um, affected in some sorts of dementia and how that results in some parts of language degenerating, but not every part. And I'm Lorraine Obler. I'm a professor in the program in speech-language hearing sciences with an affiliation in linguistics as well. My primary research over the years has been in three areas. Language changes in people with brain damage, particularly aphasia, and some work with people with Alzheimer's disease. The uh, changes associated with language, different languages, different structures, and language changes associated with healthy aging. Um, I was doing my master's in the Netherlands and part of my master's was that I had to do a research internship in, um, in another lab. And a lot of my fellow students went to work in the Netherlands or somewhere in Europe, but I really wanted to go to the United States. And I particularly wanted to go to Boston actually. So I found this amazing lab, the Language and the Aging Brain Lab. And I saw who worked there, which was Lorraine Obler. She was one of the heads of the lab. And I wrote to her that I wanted to work with her. But then she said, I'm actually mainly stationed in New York. And if you want to work with me, you have to come to New York. So I did that and I loved it. And our collaboration was great. And she said, you should come and do a PhD with me. And I think one of the biggest challenges that I'm facing now when I'm writing it when I'm writing this dissertation is that um, I have to murder my darlings, as they say. So Lorraine has been warning me from the beginning that the plans that I had were way too big and that I had to focus and um, narrow my, my interest a little bit for it to fit in the dissertation. Um, and I came to her with many chapters that I aim to put in in the book and um, she has guided me very well and to make it into a more focused I think it actually becomes a much better story when you're focused uh, but I think that's that's my big challenge that I want to do so many things because for years you've been working on this one topic and you have all these ideas that you want to get out there um, but now I have to like make it into a compact little book I remember when a professor said to me in the early stages of designing my dissertation that a sign of maturity is being able to narrow down your interests. And I find myself saying that to virtually every student who comes through, <laughs> that there's lots of time after your PhD. You know, write your ideas down, figure out what you're gonna do for the postdoc and what you're gonna say for the later part of your career and keep the dissertation rich, but doable. In our program, we expect um, 
We expect to have pilot data in the proposal to demonstrate that the project can be done and is likely to give answers to the questions the student has. So if you spend a long time trying to make the proposal perfect without getting to that stage of adding the pilot data, you can end up with a lot more surprises than if you're piloting from a relatively early stage. The other challenge some students have, and it's not just students from abroad, some of our students from abroad like yet write excellent English, uh, but writing is still a challenge for a number of people, even at the time they reach the level of the dissertation. And by then it's really a combination of thinking and writing that's the issue. So there are people who take more guidance, who need more guidance, and there are people who need less guidance. It's part planning and part luck, or maybe not luck, but um, having made connections over the years. You have to start making connections when you, when you start your PhD. Um, you begin by going to conferences, not even to present something, but just to get to know your fellow students and, and uh, the leaders of the field and go to as many talks as possible. So one of the things I did when I, in my first year, I saw this seminar ser series at Columbia in the Cognitive Neuroscience Department and they looked so interesting that I just went there every week on Thursday morning. And um, I made connections there, I've been going there for three and a half years now and they, at one day they told me um, we have postdoc positions available and we would like you to con consider applying. So I did, so it's the only place I've applied to so far and, and they gave me the postdoc. But it's part, it, it just came along. It's not that I thought, now I'm going to start writing, I'm going to do everything else at the same time. It just happens to go that way. And then if, if that occurs, you have, to, and you have to anticipate, you have to plan and uh, see how you can make it work together. Because it doesn't work to only focus on one thing this week and then only focus on that thing the next week. Um, it just helps to cut it in pieces. Uh, make it into difficult and easy pieces so if you don't feel like doing anything or just the last hour before going to bed you do one of the easy pieces so you keep progressing so it's not you, you shouldn't push it ahead and then start at it and have this whole block the writer's block what they talk about you have to just work on it piece by piece and then you can see it progresses and it gives you new energy I would add to your uh, story about getting offered the postdoc that you not only attended those sessions to listen, but you volunteered to work with a couple of folks there and you're co-authoring a paper with the two who then said to you, gee, might you consider a postdoc here? So that's another way that you've been able to multitask is working on knowing that it'll be useful for you, whatever you do next, to have publications and finding their work interesting. I think they had a set of data and they needed someone with the type of linguistic and neuro-linguistic training you have to look at some brain images, brain imaging data that you uh, were very interested in learning about, so it was a perfect match. Plus, it then led to the offer for the postdoc. I'll tell you my favorite story was 
two students who were nearing the end of their dissertation. I used to have a rule, if you plan to graduate in May, because you want to go to commencement in June, I need to see a full draft of the dissertation by January. And that wasn't even a promise. That was, that'll give us time to do enough turnarounds with me if, as the primary advisor, reading the first draft or two, and changes that need to be made afterwards in response to things I say and the other committee members, and give us time for the outside reader to read it as well, and the defense, and the changes that need to be made after the defense. So one year I had a student who would, and, and I have to prepare myself to be able to respond pretty quickly. Uh, I make no promise. I tell people I can read two pages overnight, and I can read a chapter in 10 days, and a full dissertation, I need to know that I have a month available to read it. I may get to it sooner, I may not. It depends with everything I'm juggling. So one student, I'd give her feedback on drafts of her dissertation. And although I know she had a couple of teenage kids and a spouse who was helping her, she would turn it around and get it back to me within two days. And she must have done this three or four times over the course of that block between January and she graduated that year. Her friend knew this had happened and knew I had this January rule. So her friend the following year would uh, turn around my suggestions for changes in two to three weeks instead of overnight. And then was pretty disappointed when she didn't graduate that spring, but maybe a half a year later. So I realized, one, setting a date, I have to be real clear to say, Andy, there's no promise if it's January, <laughs> you get me the draft that you'll graduate that year. And the student needs to know. Uh, students need to be effective in reminding me of deadlines and needs to know that turnaround can, should be done very fast, that I'm, more prepared to work quickly for people who themselves have worked quickly in the program and in the process of the dissertation than in people who took wonderfully long, relaxed time until a year ago and now are saying, I have to get this done, I have to get this done, we need to move. I think advice would be, well, what Lorraine said, just work hard from the beginning. Uh, also keep an open mind on what your interests are. Um, of course you have to narrow down at one point, but I still notice now that if I, if I read my proposal that I wrote two years ago, that things have changed in the meantime, and um, that I hope my ideas got better, but they're sometimes things shift a little bit and it's good. It makes it stronger, it's a development. So I would say work on that. Also, and Lorraine will probably say this as well, work with multiple people. So Lorraine is my advisor, my main advisor, but I've worked with people at Columbia, I've worked with people in um, Philadelphia, I try to stay connected to a lot of people that I meet at conferences. I've made these connections at a conference in San Francisco and I got to collect data there for eight months and that's like the basis of, of my dissertation now. So work with a lot of people, keep an open mind, keep developing, take classes, um, do things outside of your fields, 
um, just explore and be original, I would say. When I got my dissertation was when I went, my dissertation idea was, it came in two components really. One was traveling in the summer to a lake, sort of getting away from my studies. And not, it wasn't, I wasn't forced at that time, but it was in my head that I had to come up with a dissertation idea. That was when I got the broad one that the guy told me. I'd, appear to be mature if I could narrow it down. And the way I narrowed it down was also taking a break from what I usually did, traveling, meeting a friend. And it came to me how I could focus it further. So basically, I think there was an article in the Times within the last couple of days, the saying that Schultz, when he was, what was Schultz? The Secretary of State, maybe? Took an hour every day week and the only person his secretary could interrupt him for only people were his spouse and the president to have that hour to reflect on what he was doing because it's so easy not to reflect so for me time away has been useful not large amounts of it but enough to be outside my daily structure This has been Academically Speaking, presented by the Graduate Center of the City University of New York. Subscribe on iTunes, follow us on SoundCloud, and visit us on the web at gc.cuny.edu slash podcast.